just accessed Hardware is Forever, your source for the expert insights, ideas, and innovations you need to do more in the electronics manufacturing industry. From optimization to operations, join us as we put the pieces together for a better approach to manufacturing. Let's go. This is Hardware is Forever. I'm Chris Bentliff. Jay Patel is the CEO of Amtech, and he's back with us. And Jay, I'm excited to talk about um, our topic today, which is relationship selling. And I love that because I'm a marketing guy, which is closely connected um, to sales. And there's a maxim that I've, I, I guess, practiced or, or or thought about, which is in marketing, you've got to be the people expert. In sales, you've got to be the product expert. I don't really agree with that distinction. I think that there's got to be a combination. So let's kind of start with what do you think uh, or how do you define or how does Amtech work through the idea of relationship selling, especially when you are working with your clients, but also when you're helping your customers, I don't know, put their best foot forward? I think for us, relationship selling does not ever stop when we land the business. Relationship selling is an ongoing process. Uh, because, you know, we even say, and I think I'm not the one to say that every single person who works at Amtech is a salesman. You know, mm -hmm. we have to do a good job and we at every single transaction and every single point of communication and touch point, we have to be doing a good job and making sure we are fixing or adding value to our customer or fixing things that our customers are having issues with and adding value to them at every single point. Uh, I love that. And it it brings for me to mind the idea that, um, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but the strengthening of the relationship. Do you agree that it almost makes, I don't know, the sale inevitable? The, the idea is if you're building trust organically, naturally, um, the sale takes care of itself because they will, your customer will look to you for those answers or for those uh, solutions rather than you feeling like you're constantly beating down the door. No, I agree with that. I think it starts with, for us, we fundamentally understand that any business is a people and problem-solving business. The pro product that we have is just a medium. I think that's fundamental in our approach to everything. So, you know, technically we can fix issues, but we also have to understand the people, which are our customers, and find problems to the issues that they're having. And I think that is where the relationship selling comes. It's not a transaction. It's not a commodity. You can't go online and buy it. And even if you can, I think that's where marketing and sales really comes into play is being able to understand the people and their problems. What are some ways that you, maybe you personally practice that, but also when you're working with your sales teams or when you're trying to bring new folks on board, what are some of the things that I don't know if it's like, here's the here's the cheat sheet, everybody, or if it's just these are the conversations we have. But how do you do that? How do you, it's one thing to say, <clears throat> it's one thing to say relationship selling. It's one thing to say, um, you know, we're focusing on the people. But how do you do that? Is that a, a function of listening? Is it a, a function of asking the right questions? What are some of those questions? How does that like functionally happen for you? I think, I think what it comes down to is it comes to a function of intention, right? Mm -hmm. If we wanted to make a lot of money, we wouldn't stop to ask questions. But I think our primary focus is to help our customers. So like, 
you know, another another point that we believe in is like people want to do a good job. So let's them help help them do a good job. So whether you're the owner, whether you're purchasing, whether you're in engineering, all these people, whether in quality or finance, all these people have responsibilities and they all want to do a good job. And we want to be the people who kind of help them out behind the scenes. So then they look better at doing their jobs. So if we find out what their pain points are and what is what is considered for them as a good job in their organization, if we listen to that, I think we can definitely help them solve their problems then and make this. them a better organization. There's something connected to that with uh, uh, something I've, I've learned about called Socratic questioning, where you're asking why up to seven yeah. times, you know? And so it's very easy to say, uh, you know, Jay, I need this thing and I need it by Wednesday. And the more you can ask why, the more you can understand what's actually motivating that. Is it is it a fear of failure? Is it uh, trying to get a promotion? Is it uh, what's the environmental or the social or the experiential? There's all these kind of connections to it. When you're asking your questions, when you're sort of uh, developing that people uh, kind of angle with it, is there a moment for you where it's like, okay, now I know what we're really talking about, or now, okay, it's not that you needed it ten dollars cheaper; it's that you are trying to solve a long term. Like, is there a moment for you where you're just kind of like, okay, now I know how to get into the depth of what you were really looking for? You know, I think that's where having that rapport and conversation with the customer comes. It's like you know, like you're saying, like uh, the pain is something, but then the the symptom comes as something else, you know, like, and that happens even in health for us. Like, mm. you know, something is a problem, but a, a symptom, we're not be able to, we're not able to describe the symptoms properly. And I think that's when we have the cost, when we have those conversations with the customer, we really need to understand their pain and to understand their pain they are in right now or the issues that they have right now. And understand them enough to say, okay, these are the issues that you may have in the future, so we can help them mitigate it proactively. You know, sometimes reactively we have to do it, but proactively you kind of stay ahead of it. So asking those questions, doing a good job listening, finding out what their definition of success is really comes to the core of the relationship selling process. You know, one of the things that comes to mind as you're sharing that is that... Um, Often when customers uh, arrive to the conversation, they they know what they know. So their, their, their sort of insight about this thing is limited to whatever their problem is or their extent of their awareness of how to solve it. And then they come to a person like you who has an expertise in this thing. And you can see 20 yards, 20 yards further than they can just because you've been here or you know this or you, you know what awaits them behind that dark corner if they don't uh, kind of correct this. And when that happens, now you're not just responding to the need, you're starting to add value almost in education. Like, well, that's a great idea, but what if we also did this? Oh, you guys can do that? Sure we can. And we can also do this or this or this. Is that an organic part of how you approach sales, both Jay Patel and Amtech? Or how, I don't know, how does that, we're the experts and now, now let us take you safely in our hands. When does that sort of take over for you? You know, the, the 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 really what happens is it, it starts happening in the quoting process, you know, even before we start getting the getting or winning the bid or or, or getting the business from our customer. When we're in the quoting process, we we typically get a data package, the bill of materials and some, you know, whatever whatever information is required to build that particular assembly. And because of the technology that we have, the process that we have and our approach, we're really 
we're really able to analyze the bill of materials, analyze the assembly, do some DFM on it, provide some proactive DFM work, provide some proactive risk. And even, you know, whether we win the business or not, our customers are blown away by the amount of value they get just from our quoting process. And, you know, we try to do that. Like everybody says, you know, we add value or we go above and beyond. And it's hard to do that unless you start working with them. So we try to, when we do that, we listen to our customer. And then we also say, okay, you know, you may want to think about this as well. And uh, many times they are surprised and blown away by it. And the feedback that we get is, you know, nobody in the industry really does the depth of analysis and feedback that you guys provide. And it doesn't take us that much longer to do because we have the processes there and we have our culture you know, focus that way. But man, our customers, they really appreciate it. And I think that's one of the reasons why they stick with us. In your industry, is there a, is it common for there just kind of be this break fix model? Like, oh, you need this? Sure, we can do that by Thursday. And here's how much it's going to cost. Like really transactional, as you were saying, is that the, the sort of conventional wisdom or the common experience so that when they arrive at Amtec, it's like, holy smokes, this is a breath of fresh air. You know, it, it it is like that. When we talk to when we talk to a lot of our customers, whether we do a quote or whether we do, you know, we're in a, we're doing a lot of quoting right now. So whether we're doing a, you know a quoting or, or a proposal to our customers, or even when they're long term, uh, they they tell us a lot. Where you know, if line down events or components that cannot be found, their suppliers may just say, "Hey, this is an issue. We can't do it. Uh, let us know what the solution is." But you know, we train our staff and build that culture say every single problem that comes or every single issue that comes before you communicate it provide a solution as well provide options as well so then when we propose something to them whether they buy into that or not or they provide an alternative solution both parties are ready and have thought it through critically to be able to understand and quickly implement the solution and move forward Hardware is Forever is a production of Amtec, the proven leader in circuit board manufacturing solutions. From engineering to assembly, testing to supply chain, Amtec is proud to be a partner that our customers can lean on time and time again. If you're looking for a fresh perspective on your next project, we want to help with a free design for manufacturing assessment. Visit us at buildamtech.com DFM to get started. You know, that connects for me a little bit with the first thing that you were talking about, which was everybody in the organization is let's think of ourselves as salespeople because every touch point is an important one. And if it goes south, it reflects poorly on all of us. And now we've all got heavier load to lift to make it right. And if it's positive, the road is smoother for everybody. And then if you get into those situations where there was an unexpected hiccup or whatever, you've got this sense of teamwork. Talk to me a little bit about that. What for you are the impacts or the approach behind, um, look, if we're all doing the right thing, this is just going to sort of solve itself. But if one of us does the wrong thing, we've got to be able to support each other so that that doesn't happen again. Like how, how do you practice that culturally at Amtech? And the, the nice thing is that we have first, you know, we get the right people. So people who buy into our culture, people who buy into our approach, uh, then we have regular checkpoints and opportunities for people to communicate. So if they have any issues, they have a medium where they can share that, where everybody can come 
and have great discussions, uh, ideate and solve the issue so it doesn't happen in the future. And, you know, the one thing that we do here is, yeah, this is kind of relate. I, I don't know how much relationship selling this is, but when we when we attack a problem, it's not a person's fault. You know, it's everybody's fault. And primarily it's my fault because I need to set everybody up to succeed. And mistakes happen. Everything happens. But I think what we do is try to keep a high standard for execution. So if we have a particular process in place, we better follow that process. If it isn't followed, then that's when we, you know, that's that is a problem. That is an issue that we have internally that we need to we need to fix. But when it comes to, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes, and that's fine. But we come together, we ideate, and as a team, we fix it. And really, it's like you know, don't cry over spilled milk. Mm. Well, if somebody else does spill the milk, we don't get upset. The first thing we do is go clean it, help them do the cleanup, and support them through that process, and then. We talk about how we could avoid this in the future. And I think that's what that's what we really apply to our customers as well. This idea of systematizing relationship building is awesome. And it doesn't happen enough. If you had like, I don't know, advice for the leader out there who is, you know, running some sort of a sales organization, which, hey, if you're in business, guess what? Um and they either don't have this systematizer processed or functional or the whole idea of relationship selling or relationship building is unknown or uh, I've read about it, I've heard about it, but I haven't practiced it. Like, I don't know what, what, what sort of one nugget, how do I get started or how do I, how do I do it right that you've seen at Amtech has worked out? Is it that idea of collaboration? Is it that idea, that idea of, of everybody uh, has a role in it? Like, is there a single sort of, this is the source of truth and everything else has to go from there? Well, I think, you know, as a leadership or as a business owner, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. So I think I think you got to leverage your strengths, but I think also in the organization, you need to have somebody who's strong, who can have those, who can build that rapport and understand what the customer really needs and really wants without them really telling you. So whether that's leadership, whether that's the owners, whether that's the, you know, CEO, or that's your salesman, your, you know, head of sales, but you need somebody like that who the customers can trust in, can have open, honest, transparent conversations. And that requires for that individual on in, in, my, in our organization or anybody's organization to have those, uh, traits and values as well. So you need one person that the customers can connect to and build that rapport. So leverage your strengths and make sure that you guys got a good person that people can connect with. And that, and that, and that, and that helps also externally and internally. Like if I'm the head of sales or I'm a customer advocate internally, you know, customers going to want things and I may put our staff in a precarious situation, but I need to be able that person to kind of rally the troops, uh, call in favors, you know, ask somebody to stay a bit later or maybe work a little bit faster or do them a big. So that rapport needs to be built internally and externally. So a customer needs to be able to talk to you. And then you also need to talk to your, talk to the, in, your organization internally. And you need one person who can really manage the, manage, you know, customers and your staff at an emotional level. Uh, it sounds, it may sound very, 
soft. But at the end of the day, we are emotional beings. And if we don't understand that, and if we're not intelligent and and know how to interact with them, we're going to get, we're going to run into brick wall after brick wall, and we're not going to solve anything. So I think just stepping back and understanding that uh, is huge. That's so good, man. That is such a great soundbite and is something I hope our listeners internalize and write down. Emotion is the currency of marketing is something I say all the time. I'm hearing you say emotion is the currency of relationships and doing good business. And that's absolutely true. Um, and it really uh, puts into focus this whole idea of, of it's not just relationship selling, it's relationship having building you know? really yeah it's relationship <laughs> building it's it's cultivating it's all the things yeah. that are involved in just being uh decent people and then and, decent business people and you know like everybody says you know in business everybody says you know, they're so cutthroat and there's like you know uh business full of crooks you know i think i think like-minded people attract like-minded people and i know people who are you know we hear it every day in the news that these millionaires or billionaires who are crooks and crooked and the reason why they're on the news is because somehow their empire is in danger or something's something's fallen and, the, and then outside of the news there's millionaires and billionaires and wealthy people and great running operations that you never hear of and i think the mindset is that you have to be cutthroat you have to really look out for number one, but there's a whole bunch, there's a whole mass of companies and individuals out there that are humble, that are honest. And sometimes you got to say no to one opportunity because it's not a cultural fit to find something else. And if you say no to that and make that change, it, which is hard, but if you go after the right market, I think you'll find people who reciprocate that trust, that that uh, transparency and that relationship, and not only as a transaction and not only temporary, but long-term as well. So I think I think that that mindset really needs to change. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're in such a grind mm -hmm. that we lose that, that focus or that vision or that approach because we just got to get the bills paid today. But a little bit of pain up front, you know, just like in health, you got to exercise and that's painful, but just a little bit of pain up front will yield dividends in the future. So just stepping back and looking at the long term and finding those partners that 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 are well-rounded, you know, organizationally, financially and 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 with their character. And if you align yourselves with those type of people, I think, you know, wealth finds you and it comes to you, but you have to make that commitment and that takes a big shift. You know, sometimes it'll be six months, depending on the company you're in. Sometimes it'll take three years to make that shift, but you have to be able to commit yourself to that. One thing that I think that's been really, really hard for me to talk about relationship selling or people selling, and that's the butterfly effect. Mm. And you know the butterfly like typically in a newtonian type of world there's a there's an action an equal and opposite reaction that can be measured so whenever we do, we're doing you're, you're in the marketing gig whenever you're in marketing or whenever you're in sales you know x amount of effort should yield this much and that is a, considered a good return on investment now what i what i like to call is a butterfly effect so like 
you know, there's there's a saying: there's a butterfly in Africa flaps its wings, and then it it rains somewhere in you know North America somewhere. I'm in Michigan, so it rains in Michigan, and you don't know how it did it, but there was a chain of events that that started by a butterfly in Africa, and I think that's where you really have to have faith in the butterfly effect because once you become conditional, as I am going to build a relationship with this person or that person, then you're almost living a two tiered approach. So you have to have faith in this butterfly effect and every transaction and every conversation you have, you have to be able to put good out and trust that good will come back in. And I can count, you know, on my two hands and which is like 10 times, I would say that the butterfly effect has led to greater returns and better relationships than if I would have held back and not have those conversations. So I think as as salespeople and organizational leaders, yes, you need to make sure that your focus is in the right direction. Yes, you have to have metrics, but not everything is can be measured and have a good reaction. You, at a personal level, you have to trust the butterfly effect and just put good out there. In other words, if you may not see some immediate impact, you may not see some immediate benefit, but three or four or 300 chained chains down the down links down the chain it will come back to either whichever approach you had it'll either come back to bite you or it'll it'll come back to yeah. to really serve you i mean whether you believe in karma or whether you believe in the seven degrees of separation you put right. it in and somebody it's going to touch somebody somehow and it may it will come back to you jay thanks so much for this conversation i always appreciate it it's uh it's been a good one i'm looking forward to our next one Thanks for joining us, and a special thanks to our subscribers and followers. Consider becoming one today wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.